Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Friday, July 22nd, and this is your FT News Briefing. Italy changes prime ministers a lot, but when Mario Draghi steps down, investors get worried. The European Central Bank finally made its move against inflation yesterday, and Ukraine and Russia may have a done deal on grain exports. Plus, we'll look at why a whiff of a recession might cause a stock market rally. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Mario Draghi threw in the towel and resigned yesterday as Italy's prime minister. Draghi quit after key political parties boycotted a confidence vote in his leadership. The resignation caused parliament to dissolve. Snap elections will take place in September. Draghi's going to be caretaker prime minister until then. Our Rome correspondent Amy Kasman explains why investors are a little nervous. Actually, investors are incredibly nervous and they do not like what has happened one bit. Global markets and investors have a lot of confidence in Mario Draghi. Um, He is famous for essentially saving the euro a decade ago in the eurozone crisis. And many of them had placed high hopes that he was going to be able to Um, undertake very serious economic reforms of Italy's economy and put it on a higher growth trajectory, which is important for the sustainability of its high public debt. But his exit will raise questions about the reform agenda that he's agreed and about Italy's ability to access all of its share of a 750 billion euro COVID recovery fund. Italy is supposed to get 200 billion euro out of that, the largest single recipient of the COVID fund. But in order to access those funds, it has to keep to a very ambitious reform schedule. Now the question is whether it will be able to fulfill that reform agenda. That's the FT's Rome correspondent, Amy Kasman. The European Central Bank finally moved against inflation yesterday. It raised interest rates for the first time in more than a decade, ending years of being in negative territory. ECB officials lifted their key deposit rate by 50 basis points instead of 25, which was being debated as recently as last week. The FT's Martin Arnold explains why the ECB took the more aggressive route. It's been driven by a couple of key things. One is that there's no sign that inflation is slowing down. And in fact, there are signs that that inflation could continue to rise even at an accelerated rate. And that's causing real concern at the ECB, particularly as the euro has recently fallen to below parity with the US dollar, which which is, of course, adding and fueling more inflationary pressure, particularly the imports of energy and food, which are the main drivers of, of eurozone inflation. And Christine Lagarde, the ECB president, mentioned those things. The other thing that she mentioned is inflation expectations. As long as inflation and the longer inflation stays as high as it is, the more people will start to expect it to stay elevated for longer and then start to ask for higher wages and they'll start to raise their prices at companies and that will embed inflation for longer. And that's what's really worrying. 
And Martin, the ECB is also really concerned about Italy. Uh, That's a big reason why the ECB announced a new bond buying program yesterday to try and contain rising bond yields like Italy's and, and really ward off another broader European debt crisis. How's this program going to work? It's unlimited. It is almost entirely at the discretion of the ECB. However, there are eligibility criteria. So as long as they're good EU citizens, then countries can have their debt bought by the ECB. It does really feel like they've limited the conditions as much as they possibly could in order to make this powerful a tool as possible. But analysts are still not completely convinced that the ECB can do that much for Italy if Italy plunges into a self-inflicted political crisis of its own making, whereby at the next election, a Eurosceptic government comes into power and reneges on all of its commitments to the EU and launches a big spending program, throws um, fiscal sustainability out the window. In that case, the ECB yesterday made it quite clear that they're not going to be able to do anything in those circumstances to contain the increase in Italian borrowing costs. Martin Arnold is the FT's Frankfurt Bureau Chief. Millions of tons of grain could soon hit global markets thanks to a deal between Ukraine and Russia. The two sides came to an agreement late last night in Istanbul in negotiations backed by Turkey and the UN. The goal is to avert a global grain crisis. Under the deal, Russia will end its blockade of Ukraine's ports in the Black Sea. Cargo ships should be able to collect about 22 million tons of wheat, corn, and other crops from Ukraine's coast. Russia has promised not to attack cargo ships or ports, but sources tell the FT that the Ukrainians are skeptical about Moscow keeping its promise. It's earnings season when investors and folks like us get a peek inside companies' financial guts. Now, you'd think investors would hope for good news, rising earnings, big profits, rosy outlooks. But this week, something confused me. It was on Tuesday, and I was reading the FT's wrap-up of the markets that day. The S&P had ended up like 3% higher, and it sounded like stocks rallied because they think the Federal Reserve is seeing signs of a recession, and that poor second quarter earnings might drive that point home. To help me figure out why that would fuel a rally. I'm joined by FT Markets Editor Katie Martin for our regular Friday chat. Hey, Katie. Hey, Mark. All right, so I'm going to read an excerpt that appeared in the FT this week uh, for you, Katie. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, so this is from Tuesday. Quote, the broad rally came as investors continued to debate whether the possibility of recession would compel the U.S. Federal Reserve to soften its monetary policy stance. Now, Katie, the way I read that is that investors are rooting for companies to report poor earnings so the Fed goes easy on raising rates. Is is that the right way to look at this? Well, kind of. I mean, yeah. So there there is a certain uh, hope would be probably the wrong word. But there is a certain expectation that if corporate earnings season, which has got underway and there's some, you know, really big names that that are reporting in the next few days... If they basically come out and say, look, we're just bleeding out here, this is terrible, and we're going to have to cut some jobs or we're going to have to pull back on some spending, if they're really miserable, that might give the Federal Reserve pause for thought in terms of the 
enormous rate rises that they appear to have in mind. But they are laser focused on inflation, right? This is the only thing that matters. And inflation is running well ahead of target. So even if inflation pulls back, even if we get to the end of the year and inflation is at something like 5 or 6%, that's still above target. And they're going to have to, on paper, keep on raising rates to keep trying to get it down at that point. So will corporate earnings, which are not really something that the Fed targets, but will will corporate earnings and outlooks be enough to convince them to turn this ship around? I see. So bottom line here is that while investors are, you know, they're not rooting for companies to do bad, but they're they're saying, "Hey, Fed, take you know, just you know, watch what's going on here. You know, just just take a look at how how bad things are going, and maybe don't raise rates." Fed's not really looking. They may not even be taking into account these these earnings reports as heavily as investors think they might be. No, they've got different inputs, effectively. But you know, nonetheless, if companies do suggest that substantial job cuts are ahead, seems unlikely unemployment is incredibly low in the US. You know, if the employment picture changes in the States, then they've got a different question to answer. But at the moment, they can keep on raising rates because employment's looking fine. But it is nonetheless possible that companies give a very grim assessment of what's likely to come in the next three to six months. And it would test the resolve, put it that way, of the central bank. And and it might be that they do keep raising rates, but maybe they don't do it in like whole percentage point increments like we might get soon. Maybe they do it at a slightly slower pace. But uh, yes, it's just a mess. Katie Martin is the FT's markets editor. Thanks, Katie. No problem. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT news briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Sonia Hudson, Fiona Simon, and me, Mark Filipino. Our editor is Jess Smith. We had help this week from Michael Lello, David De Silva, Peter Barber, and Gavin Coleman. Our executive producer is Topher Forges. Cheryl Brumley is the FT's global head of audio. And our theme song is by Metaphor Music. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.